As an engineering leader, you know firsthand that achieving work-life balance can be hard. Many business owners struggle with the balance between their personal lives and their work. This leads to stress and a feeling of regret. But that's not the case for the listeners of the Engineer Your Success podcast with Dr. James Bryant. This podcast provides tools, tips, and techniques to help you achieve success both in business and in life. Tune in. Let's engineer your success today. I want to welcome the listeners of the Engineer Your Success podcast to our latest interview. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Jacqueline Glover. Jackie, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing excellent. I'm just so excited that you decided to uh, come for the interview and you agreed to kind of be interviewed on a podcast. How many podcasts have you been interviewed on so far? You're my first one. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I've never been interviewed. So this is very exciting for me. Oh, that is cool. So you have a very interesting background. Uh, For those of you that are listening to this in the podcast, she has a really cool background. Tell us a little bit about that background. So I'm originally from South Carolina, Orangeburg, South Carolina. And when I was growing up, I thought about a lot of different types of things that I wanted to do. I was good at math and science. So I was like, oh, I'll be a mathematician. Mm -hmm. But then I decided to go into architecture. And when I was in high school, my um, AutoCAD teacher was very instrumental in saying, well, you should do architectural engineering. And he went to A&T, North Carolina A&T State University, and he was a real big proponent of, you should check out this school. And I'd heard about it and it was definitely on my list, mm-hmm. but I think he definitely helped me seal the deal to go ahead and pursue applying for A&T and studying architectural engineering because he just talked about how it would just open up my opportunities doing a lot of different things in the field other than focusing specifically on design. Aggie Pride. That that is great. So what are you doing right now? So right now, I'm the vice president of business development with DeLon Hampton and Associate, which is an African-American-owned civil and structural engineering and programming construction management firm in Washington, D.C. Cool. So how long have you been there? I've been here since late 2018. Um, So far, it's been a great ride. I've enjoyed one working for an African-American firm that has over nearly 50 years of experience in the engineering field. Oh, wow. Um, And since I studied architectural engineering at North Carolina A&T, it's really exciting just to see the great history of work that we've done in this region and then to see the young engineers who are coming up. So it inspires me to see where we come and how far we can go in the future. No, that is awesome. And then all full disclosure, I'm an Aggie as well. I went there for undergrad. Um, Jackie and I served on an alumni advisory board there for the department. And so it's been really cool just getting to know Jackie a little bit more. And when I started doing interviews on the podcast, I was like, I got to have Jackie on. I got to have Jackie on. People need to hear what she has to say. You know, you mentioned about, you know, looking at the young engineers and being able to see their progress. So when you're thinking about your career and advice you wish you would have gotten early on, what's some advice that you would give some of those people? I would say do well in your engineering courses, but also learn about business. I think that's one thing that um, was lacking in as an influence in, in our major is that they didn't really teach us how a business is run. Because when you get a job, you know, that is at a company that has to figure out a way to make money so they can employ you there. 
and continue to employ you. And so you need to learn how to, when you work on engineering projects, how to make it profitable um, so that you can move on to the next project. And I think a lot of people, and, and I still hear today, even in my company, sometimes you don't understand how your company makes money. That is unfortunately because we aren't taught uh, business and accounting and, and that aspect of it. So that's one of the things I wish I'd learned, just understanding overall business and how we fit into that business world as an engineer for a company. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have any kind of programs or courses or training for the young engineers that are coming to your firm now? We've had it over the years okay. and are trying to start that again because we realize, um, for instance, just thinking about overhead, mm -hmm. you know, when, when we charge the base rate for your engineering hours and then the overhead, we've had examples where a lot of the engineers thought overhead was just profit. Yeah. And not realizing that it pays for the um, office rental, it pays for the accounting, HR, personnel, any type of support services that help the company um, stay afloat. So um, insurances, you know, just all miscellaneous things that are essential to keeping the business going. So, so that is definitely an education that needs to be had in college so that when students gravitate and finish and, and get a job, they clearly understand what they need to do to help that business grow. Yeah, I, I think there are some concepts that can be covered in college, but I also think that there are some probably post-college training or other kinds of onboarding uh, where that can take place because, you know, I can think of young engineers that I've known and they look at the rate that, that the company's charging out and they're saying, well, that's triple, you know, what I'm, you know, getting paid and they're making all of this money, but they don't understand everything behind that rate. Like you were saying, and all of the things that are included there and, and what it pays for. Correct. I, I really, I was thinking um, as one of the businesses I wanted to get into was when students graduate to give them like a six week training course on how to, what you need to be thinking about when you start your job okay, and just how to conduct yourself, you know, learn how to ask questions, understand how a business is run, just so they are ready when they walk in the door on how to position themselves to be successful. Because yeah. so many students, I think, just kind of go out there and try to figure it out for themselves and, and unfortunately aren't really equipped um, to understand how to be successful. Yeah, you know, Jackie, I would uh, even expand that to not just uh, students that are coming out, but early career professionals being able to reinforce those principles because that continues to make them a valued employee and a valued asset for that particular company. Correct. Uh, so I think that is a, an excellent idea. So when are you going to roll that out? Uh, soon. Soon. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully nobody steals my idea, but <laughs> hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Well, people can, you know, people can run with the ideal, but you are absolutely the best version of you. Right. And so yeah, you're going to exactly. you bring you to that training and to mm -hmm. that ideal and nobody can replace that. Yeah, absolutely. But, but yeah, it's, it's definitely something we should all think about. Yeah. No, no. I think that is absolutely great. And so in terms of making the transition from doing your architectural engineering or frontline type engineering and design and then to manager and now vice president business development. Let's talk through those transitions. How were those transitions for you? So after I graduated, I'll just tell the story since after I graduated college, I um, ended up getting a job with Motorola out in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And so I was a facilities engineer with them. 
And the first time on the West Coast, too, truly exciting for me. It's like, okay, a new adventure. And just went out there and just tried to understand how to, you know, manage in the real world. Yeah. Um, it was my first first real job in a sense. Um, and being that far away from family. Mm-hmm. So um, but it was it was it was a good experience. You know, fortunately my mom was a great example for me as a teacher. So she taught me how to ask questions and my dad taught me how to ask questions and and you to try and assert myself. So I was able to fit right into a new environment and just learn how to operate in a corporate world, um, mm-hmm. working as a construction manager, a facilities manager, yeah. doing um, interior renovations at the Motorola site in Phoenix. Okay. And while I was out there, I just happened to be afforded an opportunity to live, to go to overseas to China for a year, about the, I guess my third year. And so for a year, I went over to Tianjin, China and worked um, as we were, Motorola was building a manufacturing facility there. So I think for that opportunity, especially in your 20s, to think about traveling and living overseas by yourself, it was scary for my yeah. family. Mm-hmm. But um, I was like going home and ready to go. Wow. So um, how was that? how was that experience for you? It was it was truly um, an eye opening experience to the world. Okay. Um, I think if you are ever kind of at the right place at the right time, as I think I was, you should jump on it um, because it just shows you just how people live in other countries. You mm-hmm. know what's important to them. I I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Um, the head of our the construction program was an African-American man um, from Chicago, oh, and cool. he led the construction process for Motorola overseas. They've been in China for about 10 years. His name is A. Thomas, and he was a great mentor and ultimate friend to me and really gave me some good advice along my career. But he really kind of helped guide me during that time. And I had a great group of people that I worked with. So we were a, a family. And um, I say it was the best experience because while I was there, I had an apartment, I had a maid and a driver. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt like I was living the life of the rich and famous of, of sorts, you know. But yeah, it, was, yeah. it was truly, you know, just a great eye-opening experience. And I fortunately got a chance to travel while I was there to Shanghai. And then subsequently, towards the end of my trip, we went to Hong Kong and I visited another Aggie who lived over there, Daryl Reynolds. Okay. So got a chance to see him. And, um, and then we did um, Tibet and Kathmandu, Nepal. And so went around and did a nice little tour before I hit it back to the States. So it just gives you an eye-opening experience to the rest of the world. And it really helps put things in perspective. I mean, so- we get to yeah. No, so you're you're it gives you an eye open experience to the rest of the world. What were some of the lessons that you learned or things that you brought back from you? And it just doesn't have to be engineering related, life related in general. What were some of the, the things that you brought back that have continued to impact your life? Well, I think you just realize the the benefits of of course your family and your friends because being so far away. But you also just see the world differently because you you're not inundated with so much um, local news in a sense you get a perspective of what's happening in Africa, in China, in India, where we don't get that unless you're watching BBC. But over there, that's all we had was the BBC and international news. Mm -hmm. So you might hear little things about happening, what's happening in the U.S., but it was really just around the world. So it just gave you a different perspective of life outside of the U.S. and just kind of how we take so much for granted. Like, you know, everybody has to go to Starbucks every day and get some coffee. Well, you know, we didn't have that. 
Um, we they did have Starbucks in China at that time mm-hmm. around 2000, so it's not like it wasn't there, but it wasn't someplace that you went every day. It was kind of yeah. like okay, you just go and splurge every now and then. Okay. And so, so yeah, so it just, it made you just see the world as it was versus kind of what's being told to us on the news and, and the, the flowered version of it. At Banowitz Marketing, we succeed when you succeed. Build a thriving family business with great marketing that actually works. How? Start with comprehensive marketing direction and a clear action plan. Then get attentive expert help and choose whether that help comes as done-for-you services or as done-with-you guidance. Visit us at thrivingfamilybusiness.com to get started today. Oh, yeah, that is absolutely true. Yeah. You come back from overseas. What was next for you? So I stayed with the Motorola for a year. Then, unfortunately, the, the tech market started to tank for them um, around 2001. And um, so I ended up getting laid off um, around 2002 and decided, I think at that time, then just another lesson is just understanding how to find another job. And I didn't, being that I just came from college, um, I really didn't know how to get out there and find that next opportunity the right way. So, but ironically came to Washington, D.C., where I had family and my uncle who went to A&T as well, connected me with a headhunter that he'd use and he's in the construction industry. Okay. And so she was able to fire me some interviews. And so I came up and interviewed with a number of companies that was when, when the construction market was a boom mm-hmm. and, and decided, all right, well, why not? I can come to DC. I have family here. So it's an easy transition and see how I like it. And then um, it's 18 years, though, well, 20 years later. Wow. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> wow. That, so what did you do in, in construction then? Or what, firm did, what job did you take? Um, my first job was with um, Seagull Construction as a project manager. Okay. They did a lot of local grown uh, construction company, and they did a lot of construction work in the D.C., Virginia, Maryland area. Okay. And I was with them for about three years, and I left and got lured over to Turner Construction mm-hmm. um, through another Aggie friend of mine, <laughs> Brunson. <laughs> You know, the connections. And so I worked there for about three years as well. But it's around 2008 is when the construction market was slowing down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started getting assigned projects further north, like north of Baltimore and Aberdeen. Yeah. And at that time, I just purchased a house in D.C. And I'm just not used to driving over an hour to get to work every day. So. Yeah. I decided uh, this may not be the best move for me. Mm-hmm. And just so happened, D.C. government was hiring. hiring. Oh, wow. And I just, you know, like I said, bought a house in D.C. So I applied. They were looking for a construction manager because mm-hmm. um, a lot of development was being planned in the D.C. area. So I uh, applied and got hired to work at the Department of Planning and Economic Development in D.C. Okay. And I say that was a really eye-opening um, opportunity for me because it just showed me what how D.C. government changes the landscape of the city by using land that they own to partner with developers and create spaces, uh, mixed-use development, housing, um, everything. Because I was always um, amazed um, driving around and you see a new housing uh, building coming up or this office building coming up. Like, how do they come up with these ideas to... Say, okay, this is supposed to go here. This is supposed to go here. So it really kind of gave me an eye opening, a closer experience to how that happens and working with the community, working with the city planners and making it happen. Wow. 
So you've done uh, facilities management, uh, you know, project management, construction. Now you're doing uh, construction management, but in the city planning, uh, you know, kind of perspective. That that is all. That is a a lot a lot of different aspects of engineering and planning and construction. That, that is pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's been a a good, I would say, multifaceted experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it built each um, position in a sense built on to help me get where I am today. Okay. Because okay. after I left D.C. government, um, I started my own firm. I think okay. just seeing so many African-American firms working with D.C. government, it inspired me like, okay, maybe I can do the same thing and start my own construction management um, and professional services consulting firm with me because also I saw a need where there were so many um, small minority businesses that um, needed help. And I know that my construction background could definitely be a benefit to them mm-hmm. because they were getting a lot of projects and some some were doing well, some weren't. Um, so I could see where I could come in and help. So I had my business and I still have it, but I don't do anything with it at this time. But I had it actively for about six years. Okay. And um, did a lot of different types of projects working at the Pentagon. That was really exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing an interior renovation there. Work with the um, Federal Drug Administration, doing some work there, interior renovation. Um, worked on an embassy um, and also worked with Health and Human Services for a while doing interior renovation. So oh, wow. a lot of myriad, myriad of different things. So it kind of gives you a, you know, a new perspective yeah. on things. But also it also helped me build my network. Because mm-hmm. when you're out there on your own and it's you, you got to drum up business. So is you constantly hunting for the next opportunity while you're working on the current opportunity? And I was affiliated with a really, really good organization. Some one, the African-American real estate professionals, um, the D.C. chapter and okay. um, D.C. Business Industry Association and many other organizations that helped me build my network so that I could find opportunities and, and also, in a sense, create a, a good name for myself out there. Oh, wow. So, so all right, let me let me understand. Let me see if I can unpack this and kind of understand. In each of these positions, going overseas, starting out, uh, losing the job, going to Siegel, then Turner, and then uh, D.C. government, all of these things built on each other. So you were able to kind of take pieces Mm-hmm. of that to help you build your career. Obviously, you didn't burn any bridges because you were continuing to kind of build towards where you wanted to go. And then you left D.C. government. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to go out on my own because there are lots of opportunities that are there. And not only that, you, you know what you said is you're going to help other people. You're like, I can see the need. I can see where I can help them, where my services can help solve their issue. I can get paid doing it, but I'm really, you know, I'm helping them as well. You know, Jackie, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fun. It was exciting. And, and I think that desire to help small businesses continues to this day mm-hmm. um, because I would say I wasn't really looking for um, a position at DHA, mm-hmm. but the position kind of came to me <laughs> yeah. through a headhunter that was, that harassed me a little bit until I <laughs> gave in. And um, because they were looking for somebody that had a construction and engineering background um, and had a strong network and good relationships in 
the D.C. region. And because of my experiences at D.C. government and being on my own, I, I built up a pretty nice network and a lot of good relationships and friendships with people mm-hmm. that I knew that this could be beneficial on. And I really was intrigued and engaged, pressed by Dr. Hampton mm-hmm. and the legacy that he created, um, starting DHA as a professor at Howard University and really um, building on that. Okay. So it was, um, it was, it's been a great experience and I've used in a sense the tools I've learned from all of the experiences I've had to bring it to this position. And, and one compliment I recently heard about from a friend of mine is that he mentioned that one time, every time he would mention or, or heard my name mentioned by other people, nobody ever said anything bad. Yeah. Um, everybody always had something positive to say. So I, I take that as a great compliment that I did not burn any bridges and yeah. left people with a good spirit and a, and a good memory of me <laughs> as I moved along in my career. That is cool. So what has been one of your biggest challenges in the current role that you're in now, uh, you know, doing moving from owning your own company to now doing the business development? I think you realize in, in this particular area, um, when, when I started, the, the industry has a lot of competition. Um, mm-hmm. And I think one of the challenges that DHA face is that while they have been here for a long time, they weren't they weren't loud enough in a sense they weren't putting themselves out there enough mm-hmm. and the company was built on the notoriety of Dr. Hampton but I think after that it kind of the the notoriety started to dwindle mm-hmm. so it needed somebody to kind of go out and start shouting hey we're still here you know we're still doing great work and then also so, so people would still know and remember the good news and the good deeds that we've done um mm-hmm. but you know you realize that since his his heyday, you know, there have been tons of engineering firms that have come into the area yep. who do a lot of the same thing and they come in with deep pockets and, and relationships. Yep. So it can be a challenge to to separate people from using, you know, the newer, shiny new um, mm-hmm. firms that they've grown accustomed to working with and say, hey, well, you used to work with DHA back in the day. So, um, so yeah, so just trying to just get people to Take a back up, take another look at us again mm-hmm. in this um, new age and say, hey, we can still do great work. Give us a chance. Yeah, I know what, you know, when I'm working with clients and when I'm talking through marketing and messaging, it's really trying to craft your message so that if you're in a crowded room and somebody is saying, it doesn't have to be hollering, somebody is saying something about your company or they're saying something about you that that person's ears are going to peek up and they're going to look mm-hmm. around because it's going to be like you're crafting that message exactly for that individual. And so I would imagine that part of it is not just being loud and, you know, saying, hey, we're here, but it's understanding what the uniqueness and how DHA can solve those problems for those folks. It's mm-hmm. not just the history, but it's the expertise that you have. And if you want to continue to build a legacy or be part of a legacy and get your work done, it would seem like a really good combination. Absolutely. And and one of the things DHA prides itself, I hear so many stories of alumni who have left, who kind of moved through the halls of DHA and, and moved on. And then some were, some are coming back, mm-hmm. um, but they just remember, you know, the family feeling, the expertise that they were held to a higher standard here. 
and just wanting to give to a firm that really cared. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the things that we try to continue to message as we talk about ourselves in, in this day and age where there, there's tough competition out there. So you just have to keep drilling that in that, that hey, we, we, are, we do great work. Uh, we care about our clients and give you personal service and, and we can, can will definitely deliver. So just have to keep that message going and going and going and repeat it several times. <laughs> and then and then you want to get to the point where the other firms repeat it for you. They Correct. do good work. Correct. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so. they get things done on time. You're like, yeah, we need to hire them. We need yeah, to hire yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's like a repetitive uh, cycle that you keep going through. Yeah, yeah. But I'm enjoying it. I mean, it gives me a chance to to connect with people that I hadn't seen in a while. And and it's always a challenge, but a, a positive challenge to try and get us on teams and find opportunities for us. So so I'm enjoying myself and also helping the organization grow, you know, giving my little input to to help create something for for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we can continue to recruit from the local universities and, and work with minority engineers and, and give them a place where they can grow and be successful. Now, listen, Jackie, that is absolutely awesome. And you said this was your first time doing a podcast. I just want to tell you, you're doing an awesome, excellent job of <laughs> just drawing the listeners in and continuing to tell your story. So we've talked about a lot of different things. Yeah, Typically for these interviews, I'll ask if you could kind of distill some general success principles that our listeners may be able to implement into their lives. Because what we talk about a lot is tools, tips, and techniques to help people achieve success, both in business and in life. And it sounds like to me that you've been able to do both. Yeah, I have. Um, I think thankfully I've had a, a family, a mother who pushed me. Mm-hmm. My mother is a, has a doctorate degree in um, family and consumer science. And she was a professor at South Carolina State University okay. in Orangeburg. So um, even after I finished, she was always like, okay, you're going to get a master's degree, right? You know, what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you waiting on? So her, just watching her model and really her pushing me just made me a person who enjoyed learning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always seeking to educate myself and better myself in whatever way possible. So I took, um, um, I would say for anybody is, you know, build a network, build, build be an, what I say, be an entre- entrepreneur. Um, instead of an entrepreneur, when you have, when you're working for a company, and that means you are in control of yourself and then you determine your success. So you have to um, find ways to be confident about asking questions, feel comfortable with it, networking within your company and just asking people, what do they do? Be inquisitive. Um, just let them know who you are. And that's building your network. So when time comes for you to be promoted or find a new opportunity, they already have an idea of who you are, what your capabilities are, and that can lend you to explore different career paths within your company. So figure out how you can be in control of your career and start laying out pathways to do it. Always seek ways to learn, whether it's taking a leadership class at a local university or technical college, or even taking some additional technical courses so you can learn something new within your field because you want to be on the cutting edge of opportunities and latest technology and things like that. So you can be marketable because you are marketing yourself to your your manager or to the next manager or somewhere within your company. But also also be kind and courteous, you know, being polite and 
makes a difference. And, and like I said, leaving a positive um, experience with somebody that you work with. And so they want to work with you again or have something positive to say um, is always a, a blessing because that helps you when the people are talking about you when you're not in the room. Mm-hmm. They can be like, oh, yeah, I want Jackie on my team or I want so-and-so on my team because they were they did a great job being a, a project engineer asked a lot of questions, really worked hard and delivered. So that definitely helps you build on your success for the next opportunity. Wow. A lot of great nuggets there. Uh, you know, the audience is going to have a lot of different things that they can kind of pick and choose from to implement from building your network, understanding that you're marketing yourself. That's right. You are marketing yourself to taking on the qualities of an entrepreneur, but being an intrapreneur right there in your company and being able to use the agency that you have, understanding that it is, that you determine your success. Nobody, No one else is responsible for your success. It's great to have mentors. Yep. It's great to have other people in the company, but ultimately yes, you sir. have to deliver and it is on you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, wow. So Jackie, the, a few more things. Um, I typically will ask, if there are any kind of service oriented type activities that you're interested in or that you would like to talk about? Well, I am in a sorority, um, Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority, and I've pledged at A&T, the great A&T, Alpha Phi chapter. And, you know, we've always focused on and I've always enjoyed working with the, the younger generation, the next generation of young girls, young, young men who are in any of the technical areas with STEM or STEAM, just mm-hmm. to continue to encourage them to focus on math and science um, because we need more engineers. Um, what what I'm realizing and what all of us in the engineering industry are realizing now is that um, there is a gap in, in, in the engineering field as the baby boomers are retiring. Mm-hmm. And we're going to need hundreds of thousands of engineers especially for everything that needs to be done within infrastructure in this country. Yes. Um, as we all know, the infrastructure bill has passed. And as a company, we're excited to be the beneficiary of those opportunities. But mm-hmm. the hardest part that all of us are facing is finding good people. Yeah. So we are really looking at how we can start in high school and maybe even middle school to influence young minds to focus on civil engineering, which, you know, the, the non-sexy um, fields, civil engineering, you know, digging in the dirt, um, structural engineering, mm-hmm. mechanical engineering, architecture, mm-hmm. um, because all of those areas are going to be critical for us to build our future. That is great. So being able to give back to the generations that are coming, one, because it's the right thing to do, but two, it also builds a pipeline for the industry. Really do need to build that pipeline of young engineers that are coming through that are interested in, you know, what we have going on. And although we can call it boring or non sexy engineers, we really have to learn to package what we do in a way in which we can attract those people. Correct. Yeah. And, exactly. and that is that is a big thing that I think will help us as engineers as we talk about what we do, as we can show excitement and then be able to package it in a way in which is fun and interesting and really talk about the impacts of what we do. 
um, I think that'll be that, that'll be a great help. Yeah, absolutely. We realize it's there. We know we there's a need, and we all need to reach back in our local high schools and middle schools and start influencing those young people to really check out, do well in math and science, focus on that, and then consider engineering when they graduate. So get them excited about it and even construction. Um, They don't have to go to college. They could graduate high school, learn a trade, go to a technical college, Um, electricians, mechanical, carpenters. Those are all stable, strong careers that are going to be critical for building our future and building our communities. Wow. We're going to build our futures, build our communities, build a pipeline of people that are interested in and capable to actually perform and do the work. Jackie, I really do appreciate you taking the time for the interview. Uh, Is there anything else that you would like to add for the listeners? I would just say, you know, continue to focus on how you believing in yourself really just trusting your abilities and always seeking to grow your knowledge. Um, We all have opportunities, even now I'm actually looking at different certification classes to learn how to do different things to improve myself in business development and business. Um, Because there's always something to learn and to help help us be better in our jobs and our positions, better people in general. So Never stop learning, never lose that excitement and and always be, you know, always be interested in other people because you never know what opportunities can lie just from a simple conversation with somebody who might lead you to the next career, next opportunity, next relationship that really helps you propel to the next level. Okay. And Jackie, if our listeners want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, They can connect with me on LinkedIn. I think that's the best way to find me and just shoot me a note. Jacqueline Glover. I'm on there. So reach out to me. That's the easiest way to catch up with me. And we we will include a link to Jacqueline's LinkedIn profile in show notes. Uh, Jackie, again, thank you so much for taking the time for the interview. I'll end the interviews in my podcast like this. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it. And there is a select group of people that actually follow through, do it, and achieve the life of their dreams. Jackie, you are absolutely part of that select few because you've been following through and doing it and achieving that great life. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, James. I greatly appreciate you asking me to join us. It's very humbling, but I appreciate it. And let's keep on doing what we do in Aggie Pride. Aggie Pride. Aggie, Aggies Aggie do. Pride. That's right. Aggies do. Make it happen. Yep. Thank you for listening to Engineer Your Success with Dr. James Bryant. Do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it, and a small fraction of people actually do it. I believe that you can have success both in business and in life, and it's my passion to guide you on your path to engineering your success. Thanks.